this is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. But today we're going to look at these five purposes as an alignment. This is getting us all on the same page as a church. And, and before we do, I, I need to share something with our church. I've never had to share this in 30 years of ministry, but it's very important. I wouldn't use the word infestation, uh, but we do have a squirrel problem at Woodland Hills Family Church. And the squirrels around this campus are very comfortable with people. And the last uh, month we had two incidents where they got into the building and uh, earlier in December, one got in through an open door back here, ran through the backstage, through the hallway, through an office, ended up in Brenda's office, ran up her leg, up her arm, down her back, and Savannah in the next office uh, immediately got up and slammed her door so she didn't have to be involved. And we're, you know, we're all on the same team here, except when this crazed Mississippi squirrel, I'm sorry, Missouri squirrel comes into the building And, uh, and, you know, the good news is Brenda did get saved that day, but then two weeks later, it happened again out here. And we just want to prepare you. If ever there's a time in one of our gatherings where someone jumps up and screams, something's got a hold on me. We're, it's probably a squirrel. Okay. So just, just settle down. They seem friendly. They're just passing through. But Brenda told me later that day and And she was looking for sympathy, but all I could do, and you can join me if you want, I just started singing with her, the day the squirrel went berserk in the first self-righteous church in that sleepy little town of Pascagoula. It was a fight for survival that broke out in revival. They were jumping pews and shouting. So we want to stir things up at this church, but hopefully not with a squirrel. Okay, so... Part of our passion, and you see it on our website everywhere, is to inspire the family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And it's in everything that we do, and and everything that we talk about, all the gatherings that we have on campus. And you're going to see today the word in all five purposes, gather. Because we're we're using that word more than services. You're not just here today at a worship service. You're here at a gathering of believers in Christ Jesus who desire to be fully devoted followers of Christ. And in everything that we do, and every time you step on this campus, and hopefully when you step on this campus, you experience this, but then you take it with you, and it's part of your life. These five purposes we're talking about today are not just for the church, but they're for your life. And we believe that excellence in environment and experience honors God and inspires people. We should bring God our best, not half-hearted offerings, not half-hearted preparation. We should give it our all. We want you, when you step onto this campus, and if this is your first time today, we hope you've already experienced this because we want you to leave and go get in your car and not have a first thought, what he could have put more prep into that message, uh, or I didn't care for it when this happened to that. We want you leaving with this first thought in mind. You matter to God and you matter to us. And that when you leave here and you are an ambassador for Christ out in this community and wherever your work takes you, uh, you, you are letting people know when they're encountering you, you matter to God and you matter to me. So we cover these purposes in starting point and we want you to know the next one that you can sign up for is Tuesday, February 27th. And we hope at the end of uh, the message today, you'll go online, you'll sign up 
to be a part of that. We provide a meal and a lot of the staff will share and we'll walk through what you can do to uh, join our church, plug in and become this five purpose member uh, of Woodland Hills Family Church. So we're going to jump right into purpose number one. And we want you to know this about the purposes. We don't pick a favorite purpose. We don't prioritize a purpose. We don't have one purpose that's here and the rest are down here. We believe, as you'll see today, through the great commandment given by Jesus, the great commission given by Jesus, and how it is lived out when the Holy Spirit empowered the first century church to live these purposes out. And you'll see all five purposes. And if you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Acts chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 42 through 47 today. But the first purpose we'll cover is gathering to express our love to God. Every time we gather, we want to express our love for God. We, have, we sang four songs this morning together as a church. And we want everything about worship music at Woodland Hills to stir your affections for Christ. Not just stir your affections but stir your affections for Christ. We read in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. But we want you to know this, this is so important. Worship, the purpose of worship, which is number one, is more than music. If today is all you experience this week of worship, I'm here to tell you it's not enough. You have to take it beyond these walls. You have to take it beyond this campus. Now, I want to encourage you because at the beginning of every year, you see people getting healthy online and posting what they're doing. Some of you in here are uh, across campus online. You're, you're getting healthy financially and you spent too much money. Would you raise your hand if you spent too much money in December? Let me just see. Okay, thank you for your honesty. And so you're saying, we're going to get financially fit in January and spend less. And some of you are like, please share that with my spouse, right? It's, it's a lot. Some of you, and this is the most obvious one in the new year, you know, physically fit. I can be honest. We ate too, we consumed way too, we consumed our daily calorie intake in one meal. A lot in December. It was too much. And we just, we look back and we're like, all right, we're going to exercise more. We're going to walk more. We're going to run. We're going to eat less. So we're getting physically fit. Some of you I've seen are getting mentally fit. Uh, I know many in our church who told me today and told me last week that they're off social media for a year. Like they're getting off of it completely. And I'm, I'm just going to take a big guess at this. You'll probably discover the world keeps spinning at the end of next year if you get back on it. Some of you may not have that desire, but you're like, I'm fasting from it for, for a year for my mental health. Today, what we're talking about is getting healthy. If you feel like you've drifted in your relationship with the Lord, these purposes are very important to consider and understand because you may be prioritizing one or two to the neglect of two or three. You may have one that you're really pouring yourself into. And this may be one of neglect for many believers on campus today. And I just want to encourage you, get a, get a playlist. I, I, you know me. I, I listened this week. I can't tell you how many times I listened to the Mississippi Squirrel Revival by Ray Stevens today so I could give you that little chorus. I love country music. You know that. And I, I'm not ashamed to share it. It's a passion. Okay. But I have to be reminded each and every day to turn it off and to turn on worship, to turn on music that stirs my affections for Christ. Some of you, it's a playlist. Uh, for others, it's prayer. You, prayer is not a, a, a habit of your home. It's not something that you, from the moment you get up to the time you go to sleep at night as you walk along the way, prayer is not a part of it. I want to encourage you, make that a part of your worship in the home. 
You don't even pray at mealtime. Some of you pray at mealtime, but, but you're like, okay, this year we need to start praying outside of mealtime and before the kids leave the home, before we go to bed at night. It's more than music, but music is a part of it. And this is very important. Worship is not confined, confined to a building or a day of the week. It has to go beyond our gatherings. It has to go beyond our gatherings. Purpose number two. We gather to worship and we gather to grow more like Jesus, to become more like Jesus. We say it this way at our church. We want the teachings of Jesus, yes. We want what the word of God teaches, yes. But we don't just want to learn it. We want to live it. We want to practice it. We call that orthodoxy meeting orthopraxy. When we read in the scripture, Matthew 28, 20, this is part of the Great Commission, Jesus tells them, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And sometimes with our list, there's some things that that we've added over the years that we do, spiritual disciplines, things that we know stir our affections for Christ and and give us that fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faith, self-control. As we think through all of that, what are some areas that may be missing as we are thinking about what it means to look like Jesus, to walk with Jesus, to act like Jesus? The first century church, we read in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This was at the foundation. We looked at this last week when Paul encouraged young Timothy. He said, there are going to be people with their desires and lifestyles that don't want to hear it anymore, but you need with, with great patience and careful instruction to keep teaching. And all of us should be committed to this. It's part of our gathering. It's what we're doing right now. And it says, and to fellowship. Fellowship there means sharing Uh, in the lives of other believers. But just like worship is more than, discipleship is more than a sermon or a Bible study. A sermon and a Bible study is a good start, but it's not enough. If this is the only time you're getting scripture this week, let 2024 be the year where you get a Bible reading plan, you pull up the the Bible app and you pick one and it'll send the the day's reading to you, like you're going you're gonna to go beyond this day. Kathy Jensen says it all the time around here because when a Bible study ends at our church, people will be like, what's the next Bible study? What's the next Bible study? You need to be a self-feeder during that Bible study and between Bible studies. You personally, I need to be each and every day in the scripture. And you'll find that this is the one purpose that most people commit to, or I see, and maybe it's, my algorithm or my friend list, but I'll see most people here will say, this is the year I start the Bible reading plan. But for many, that there's no plan or comprehensive thought on how am I going to work through the scripture this year. And I want to encourage you to take discipleship beyond what we do here on Sunday. If this is all the scripture you're getting today, is all you're getting for the week until next week, I want to encourage you. Take that step. Again, these are not just the purposes of our church. They're the purpose of your life. Purpose number three, we gather to enjoy fellowship with one another. Now, you know, this is a big one for me because I I hear people say it all the time. I don't want to go to a church where all they do is have fun. They enjoy each other too much. I just, I've never understood the opposite of that. I'm looking for a church where they don't really get along uh, all that well. Uh, Looking for a church where there's a lot of anger and hatred and they're always at each other. I just, I've never understood that because, you know, a big purpose of our church is enjoying one another's company. 
And it's okay to enjoy company with one another. Acts 2, 46, we read of the first century church. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together, breaking bread. We're going to look at that next week with the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. With glad and sincere hearts. Because their affections were stirred for Christ, what did, what did Jesus tell his disciples? You'll be known as my followers by the way you love one another, by the way you get along with each other. I, I met with a pastor a couple years ago, and whatever you might hear about pastors in this town, you need to know we're friends. Like, we get together, we text, uh, we, we have a good time together, we have glad and sincere hearts with one another, and a couple pastors were meeting with another pastor in town to encourage him. And one of the pastors asked him, tell me about your church. And this pastor goes, you need to understand something. I pastor the Jerry Springer show. And you could tell where this pastor was at. But we've all been there from time to time. The the, the fellowship together requires us to prioritize caring for and loving one another. And for my Baptist friends in here, you need to understand very clearly. Fellowship is more than potlucks. Eating's a part of it. But it goes beyond that. I just want to encourage you with this one because I know there there are people I hear all the time that will come to our church and they'll be like, I didn't like that church over there because it was too clicky. I'm always listening when I hear that because a lot of times people are saying, I don't fit in. And it maybe isn't that that church is clicky or that group was clicky. You just couldn't find a way to fit in. So I just want to encourage anybody here today who you've had a hard time finding a church or fitting in at a church, if it, and let this be between you and the Lord. This isn't us coming down on you. I just want you to ask the question, but I want to encourage you a couple of things. One, stop making it all about you. This is where things, this is where you get unhealthy. When you become a consumer in the church and you walk in and you're like, I didn't like that, I didn't like that, I preferred that, I didn't see an altar call, preacher doesn't always tuck in his shirt, uh, the worship team didn't have all the songs. I mean, you start to become like me, 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 what I like, what I like, what I like, preferences. Stop making it all about you and watch how quickly you find a church home. Uh, say it even more gently, stop being so easily offended. S- stop being so easily hurt. Or I'll say it even more gentle. Stop creating drama everywhere you go. You're like, that church is full of drama. You're welcome. You're here. Like, be less of it. If if drama follows you everywhere you go, there you are. You have to decide, what am I going to do in the new year? And, And it's interesting. Just a couple quick things. The church that prioritizes worship, and that's the most important uh, most important purpose. The, the pastor is seen more like a worship leader. Congregants are seen as worshipers. In a church that prioritizes discipleship above all the other purposes, the pastor's supposed to be an expert Bible teacher, and the congregants are considered Bible students, and they don't feel like they've been to church unless they get Hebrew and Greek and they're taking notes. Okay, if, if you've been to a fellowship church, many of us grew up in fellowship churches because they're very small. Because they have one or two staff members that can care for two to 300 people. We know about 70% of churches in the United States are 200 or less, right? Because they, they, they all want to know each other. And what happens is they, they all come together and they're like, we have to know everybody in here. No, you can, you can experience great fellowship in a large church if you plug into a small group. We call them here home groups. Let me give you some of the dates. I'm going to encourage you to take a picture of this. Uh, with your phone so you can just remember this. Coming up on January 14th, 
um, is home group training. If you're wanting to be a home group leader, again, these aren't 10-hour classes. You can come uh, learn from our discipleship ministry teams. If you're looking for your sweet spot, you've joined the church, you've been to Starting Point, but you still haven't found a place to serve, which is the next purpose we're looking at, join that January 21st. January 25th is group link. You're like, I'm ready. Fellowship is the one I've been missing. And you can register on the Church Center app. It's interesting, of all the people that I saw this week talking about, I need to get back to reading the Bible, discipleship, I didn't see one person like post. And I've not, never heard anybody say this, like, hey, you know, last year I went to church about 50% of the time. I gathered with believers about 50% of the time. And this year I'm committed to going Every time the doors are open. If there's a pencil for perfect attendance, I get in it. I didn't see that. We actually drove by somebody's house today. I'm like, I wonder if they'll be in church today. And he's like, they were there last month. But we were being honest because there are people who are like, I put, put a lot of time. Christmas was a big time for me. This isn't about you. We are uninterested at our church in, in growth. We're prioritizing health. We want to be healthy. We want you to be healthy, and you need to gather with God's people. Do you remember how sad, I'll just say it, pathetic March and April of 2020 was? We had pictures of church members taped to these seats. It was like I was preaching to the Muppet Show. It was, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I broke down up here. People are texting me going, are you okay? Are you going to make it out of this? I don't know, right? Because we long to see one another face-to-face. We wanted to be together. You need this. If you're an every other week or once a month or like, hey, I need to plug in. I'm going to plug in. And it's also a time. Look how passionate I get on this purpose. But uh, some of you, you know, we got the Super Bowl coming up. And I just want to encourage you because I know I've heard from some that are just that really fires you up because they'll say there's no place for that in a worship service. This is why we're using the term gatherings. Because when we gather as a church, we fulfill all five purposes. And I, I got to be honest with you. It's okay for us to get together and have fun. There's a line you can cross. We know that. You can do too much. We know that. But for us to get together and enjoy one another's fellowships, there's a, it's interesting to me how people are like, that's for the youth group. We believe that the same principles you apply to the youth group at a student gathering at a church can apply to adults as well. And I'll even argue adults could use a little bit of the student energy. Because remember when you used to go to camp and you'd come home and you're like, oh, fired up after camp. And then you'd come back to your church and the pastor would go, don't lose that fire for the Lord. And I'm like, well, then make church more like camp. This place is boring. Look at me. I'm getting all my Baptist frustrations out on the table right now. We're done with the potlucks. We're done with boring. We're going to have... A good time together. There's nothing wrong with that. We need to move on to the next purpose. <laughs> purpose number four, we gather to serve one another. We gather to serve one another. You know why I love coming here on Sunday? You know why I enjoy all the fun elements that get thrown in from time to time? We laugh together and we hug and shake hands and all that. Let me tell you, when you decide to fulfill this fourth purpose, serving the body of Christ, you're going to find yourself at the bedside of someone in the ICU. You're going to find yourself at the bedside of someone in hospice. You're going to be praying with a mom or a dad who has a prodigal child. You're going to find yourself working with a couple in crisis trying to save their marriage. Then you're going to find yourself working with a spouse who's trying to recover from divorce. We know how serious ministry is. 
We know how serving one another, and the more you serve, the more you'll see the serious side of ministry. And I couldn't, do, I, I'll be honest, if I just did this purpose and just serve, 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 and didn't enjoy the fellowship of followers of Jesus with glad and sincere hearts, that is a recipe for not only drift, but burnout, and I'm gone. You see how these purposes work together. Ministry. We read, after the great commandment to love the Lord your God, we love our neighbors as ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. We see this in verses 43 through 45 in Acts 2. Speaking of the first church, everyone was filled with awe and the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. And there's probably something unique going on that day with all of those who took the pilgrimage to learn more about their new Christian faith. So there was great need. Like this isn't where I'm from, but I'm here now and I need help. So everybody started selling possessions and property to give to anyone who had need serving one another. And, and for many, you, you gather, so you're part of fellowship each and every week here. You worship in, in the fellowship and you worship outside. You study the Bible. This is one area of your health in the new year that may be missing as a church. You saw the sweet spot was up there. I saw this video clip of a guy who wasn't real keen on the church didn't have a passion for the church, but uh, he started serving in the coffee ministry, and I just want you to see what happened. If I'm honest, I never really liked the church. I didn't even really like Christians that much. I used to think of it like a package deal, like you get Jesus, and so you get the church and Christians thrown. It's just part of the package, and uh, there are some bits you like, Jesus, some bits you don't like so much, just like the church and Christians um, used to find that a bit annoying. But I'd turn up to church and go through it, I didn't really enjoy going to church. And then one day, uh, I was at the back of our church in East London, and someone said to me, oh, we need help to run the coffee team. And I was like, I was like working like 70, 80 hour a week. I'm like, what? And they were like, yeah, we, Steve, we really need your help running the coffee team on a Sunday. And I was thinking, I'm a barrister, I'm not a barista. Like, I've got a job, I don't need another job to run the coffee team. But I just, you know, sometimes you, you just can't even think of what to say, so I was like, Okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, okay. And, and I instantly thought, why did I do that? So I turn up next week, like, you know, trying to get the cups and everything, get the coffee right. As I handed these cups to people, something really changed in me. I found myself, as I handed coffee to these people, growing in love for them. I was like, these people are amazing. Like, this is this extraordinarily diverse community. It's been gathered from across the area, probably not another place that looks as diverse and integrated as this. This is a miracle. And then I, even people I found a little bit more frustrating and complicated, as I handed them their coffee, I kind of grew in love with them. And I kind of basically fell in love with the church. And then I kind of went back to the person who'd asked me to do it. I said, we need a new coffee machine. We need better beans. We need better months. Like, we, come on, these are amazing people. I want this to be the best coffee that they get. You know, they, they're coming to church on a Sunday morning. I got more and more passionate. I started to build a team to serve coffee on a Sunday morning. I sometimes say, Making coffee changed my life because I fell in love with the Church of Jesus Christ. I didn't realize why it was special. I didn't realize why it mattered. And as I made coffee for people, I suddenly realized, oh, the church is like the bride of Jesus Christ. It's like the thing he gave himself for. Like the church is God's plan for the salvation of the world. There's no plan B. And God is going to build his church. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So like, God is putting all his eggs in the church basket. I realized over those few weeks, there's a beautiful thing here. Yes, it messes up. Yes, it makes mistakes. You'll never find a perfect church, but it's a beautiful thing. And I thought, that's what I want to spend my life building. It doesn't get any better than that. For those that think it's, well, it's just, it's just making coffee, we want you to see today that ministry, this purpose, is, is more than programs. It's, it's more than just a program that you put out there. It's, it's serving one another and caring for one another. I, this week, Amy sent me, we were having a gathering on New Year's Day at our house, and, and we, we do bingo at our house uh, with guests come over with gift cards and stuff because we are... We're pretty party animals, I'll be honest with you. Uh, and I always want to make the Catholics feel welcome. <laughs> so, uh, and anybody from the Lions Club. Or, anyway, so uh, we want them to know they matter. So here we go. Mix it up, Betty. So uh, Amy sends me, she sends me with nine helium, or nine balloons in this pocket that she wanted me to have helium placed in and to get like 10 gift cards. And you know, you go get gift cards now. And they, they say on them, and I got all varieties, but it says like ten to $500, and then you pick it. And, and I walked up to the counter. The place was empty, and I walked up with these, and the guy across the counter went, Ugh. Right? This is the joy we have now with, with almost all customer service, right? And, he, and I hadn't gotten to the point where I pulled out my balloons, and I need helium in all nine of those balloons right there. I left the balloons in my pocket and said, I'll be blowing these up with my own air. But I had this moment, and, and we want, the reason we say ministry is more than programs is because when you start serving people and you get into their world, this is where some, some of you are really missing it. You really are because it, when, when, when the gathering of the saints and the church is all about you, right, and, it, and it's all about what you need and what you want, you're not fulfilling this beautiful thing we have in the church where we rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. When you're celebrating, I'm celebrating with you. When I'm celebrating, you're celebrating with me. When I'm mourning, you're mourning with me. When you're mourning, I'm mourning with you. And for many of you, you know, what kind of, who wants to be in a family where it's, the relationships are just one way? And when you serve, hopefully, here, and your heart grows for people, now when you go out to a restaurant or to the store that I went to to get gift cards, and someone is serving you, your mindset's completely different. It's not, you're not just serving me. How in the midst of this transaction can I serve you? How can I care for you? Ministry is more than programs. And the more you serve, the more you're going to see the serious side of ministry. And you're going to need all of the other purposes. Purpose number five is evangelism. We gather to share the good news of Jesus. Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all nations. Yes, we put it out there on social media yesterday. Invite your friends to all that God is doing here at our church. And this, in, the invest in a relationship and invite strategy is a great strategy. But again, it's not enough. You have to, and this is one that I know many are missing including myself. It's not just serving another person, but it's serving another person. And then that opportunity presents itself for me to share the good news of Jesus. And in Acts 2, 47, as they fulfilled all of these purposes as a church, pursuing health, not growth, God grew the church. 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we don't sit around and figure out how can we get more baptisms next year. We sit around and figure out how can we be healthy. How can I be healthy in my life fulfilling these five purposes on a daily basis? How can you be healthy fulfilling these five purposes on a daily basis? And then when we gather as a church, it's all five purposes. But know this, and this isn't a pick on Baptist day, I want you to know that, but evangelism is more than altar calls. There are many ways that people let us know of their decision to follow Christ at this church, from the prayer team that will be down front after this gathering uh, uh, to, to people stopping by the welcome desk to people emailing us. There's many ways that people here let us know of placing their faith in Jesus. These five purposes. I had a great conversation this week with Jared Coulter. He's our student and young adults pastor. And I, I love that guy. I just love what he does for our church. Uh, he, and talk about the word balance. Uh, he has it. And I just, I, I am grateful that God brought him to us. And we had this great conversation about the young adults. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm fitting now more into, if, if I were to pick a gathering at Woodland Hills to attend, it'd probably be 815. Because I'm starting to fit more with the old people. I've become the old guy at Woodland Hills. I'm the one telling, we need more Chris Tomlin, right? I'm the one here in a new worship. I'm the one now telling Katie, I didn't really like that song. And I got to be reminded what Francis Chan said. That's okay, Ted. The song wasn't about you. But right, the older you get, the more set in your ways. And so, whew, and, and so I'm like, I, Jared, just, I, I want to know the young adults of our church as we hand the keys over and as we hand leadership over. And he, he was talking to me about fluid membership. That a lot of young adults today, they want to be a part of a ministry here at this church and then on another day go over and be a part over there and then be a part over there. And they're not really committing or investing in a local church. They want to be honest with you, a lot like relationships. They don't necessarily want to define the relationship. And I just want to encourage you, if, if, if joining a local church means nothing to you and gathering for these five purposes with a local church means nothing to you, I just want to encourage you. Being a part of the Big C Church, because this is what they would say, I'm part of Big C Church. I don't need a local church. Being part of a Big C Church should not diminish your participation in a local church. Plug in, serve. Actually, joining a local church sets us up better to serve the Big C Church. If you're a student gathering with us today and you're like, well, I'm just here for, you know, seven, eight months, nine months of the year, and then I'm going to be back home. Well, here's, and I love what Jared said, be all there when you are there and be all here when you are here. Serve, learn the value of commitment and what God is doing through the local church. Speaking of Big C Church, I just... It's why I love, I heard the quote years ago from a pastor, there's nothing like the local church when the local church is working right. I've always interpreted that to mean when, when the local church understands these five purposes and budgets for them and lives them out in gatherings and daily walk, that that's where the health comes from. And speaking of Big C Church, I want to let you know of something you did last year that many of you don't even know about, but in Hyderabad, India, there's a church called Enhikor. Enhakor Baptist Church, and your giving, your generosity helped build this building, helped build this church for them. And what I love about Big C Church is about 11 hours ago, this church gathered. This church gathered, brothers and sisters in Christ, gathered to worship Jesus, to learn about Jesus, 
to enjoy fellowship with glad, eating together with glad and sincere hearts in, in December. This is their Christmas outside venue where they fed 700 people. And I, you know, there's probably not a person in here that will ever, ever travel to this church, but this church is part of our church. These are brothers and sisters in Christ that we get to be a part of. And last year, you gave over $600,000 to missions throughout the community and throughout the world. And, and we go, this, this to me is what we should be celebrating. That we are part of the Big C Church, but I want to encourage each and every one of you to really think hard about what local church, what a gathering means, what these purposes mean for us every time we get together and then what they mean for you every time you leave this campus. I'll put them up again. You might want to take a picture of it because this is maybe something you haven't thought through in your 2024 plan. But where are you doing well and where do we need to step up? Where's your focus and where, where might you be lagging? And say, I, I want to be healthy and I feel disconnected from God. I, I feel maybe in drift. Where, where are you at on all five of these? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you continue to do at our church. Um, just with starting point coming up again in the next couple of months, a couple of times, just the hundreds of people that will say, yes, I want to be a part of what God is doing uh, in the local church. We, we, can, we can celebrate this here as well as celebrate it with uh, First United Methodist and First Baptist and New Beginnings and Bloom and churches around the community that you're using that are living out these purposes. Uh, I'm grateful for all that you continue to do here Keep us healthy, keep us focused on health and these purposes. For the individual right now who's been focused on one or two or maybe three to the neglect of the others, that they would see this as part of their, their daily walk with Christ. I pray for the one who's never placed faith in Jesus that today would be the day of their salvation. They would not leave this place before meeting with someone from our prayer team to let them know of the decision they made to confess with their mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that he's been raised from the dead. We pray all this in the authority of the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said.